the players' strike became official at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to finish the season anyway. We're going to use replacement players. They've all played football somewhere. Not all of them in the pros, but they all have something unique to bring to the game. Hey, Scab! I don't want trouble. One, two, three! Thanks, guys. Hey, Falco! You're not even a has-been! You're a never-was! We're gonna take those people and try to put together a winning team. Nothing else. They should be fun to watch. At first, I admit I was afraid. I was petrified. You were petrified? Thinking I could never live without you by my side. The Lord is by your side. And then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And you know I hate this damn song. I learned how to get along and so you the best. Cheers, babes. I just walked in the body here without that look upon your face. Come on, Chris. We got this. Pat, you have to. But Falco's been shut down by this defense all afternoon. All it takes is one big play to get him back in the ballgame. And here goes Falco. Falco scores! I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Pain heels, cheeks dig scarves, glory lasts forever. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the ball, oh, God, I hope he doesn't kill somebody. The football is like a one-man cold of Clifford Franklin. Clifford Franklin, only one catching it. Clifford Franklin, only one coming down with it. And <laughs> why you play that dumbass song? Well, drop me a beat. He is Kevin. This is the Props Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. And today we're taking another long look at the replacements. 2009, oh, I'm sorry, 2000s replacements with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? So it took me about 30 or 40 minutes into the movie to realize that this is essentially a professional football remake of Necessary Roughness. The The comparisons are astonishing. All right. Sure. So yeah. you have Keanu Reeves as Shane Falco, the quarterback who, well, it's been a long time, but perhaps he's got the most arm talent that you can ever believe and an old veteran coach that really believes in him, just like Necessary Roughness. <laughs> you have... His romance with somebody off the field, just like Necessary Roughness. You have the blazing fast wide receiver that can't catch the ball, just like Necessary Roughness. You have the unique kicker, although unlike Necessary Roughness, it was a female there. But here, still a unique kicking situation, Mm -hmm. just like Necessary Roughness. You have a bar fight with the rivals, just like necessary roughness. There are like an amazing amount of parallels in there between this movie and necessary roughness, which might be why I enjoyed it perhaps more than you would have anticipated. It's not great, but I think it's I think it's a good throwaway movie. Like if you're just looking for two hours to kill, it'll be fun enough and then you can move on with your life. Yeah. I think this movie fits the bill. I think uh parallels is a is a nice way to put it, if not direct ripoffs of the Sure. Film. I decided to go nice. I decided to go nice in parallels. So uh we always talk about the log line and this was this one's kinda weak, man. For for it being what it is, it's kinda weak. It's Is it uh, we can be heroes? No, it's okay. When the when the pros take when the pros strike, the regular the regular guys get to play. Yeah, I don't really like that. I kind of thought it could have been a "We Can Be Heroes" because they had the oh, the God. Jacob Dylan song yes. rocking at the end of it. Yes. 
Or is the Wallflowers not just Jacob Dylan? Uh, props to the Wallflowers. <laughs> um, let's start. Can we start there before we get into the log line and the rest of that? Well, you already said. I, the I said the log line, but I just like I want to break that down just for a second. Uh, the music in this is horrible. Well, you watch yourself because that that one song is great. Um, uh, but yeah, no, you know, leaves maybe something to be desired. I just I. It had, it had been a long time since I'd heard that song at sure. the very end. And I remember really enjoying that song until like it was on every 30 minutes and then you're, I'm out. Then I'm so out. it had been a while. And so I got a nice little 90s nostalgia boost right there. Yeah. I was like, that's nice. That's um, nice. <laughs> but the logline itself, that was just lazy writing. Whoever, whoever the copywriter was that came up with that, was that was just lazy. You know what? I'm sorry. I just remembered another, if you want to go with ripoff of Necessary Roughness, yeah, sure. there is the there is the moment where the ref gets confused about what penalty to announce. Before uh-huh. it was the karate, this time it was because there was too many penalties. Right. And then you had the overly aggressive linebacker, just mm-hmm. like the water boy, which yeah. I believe came out the year before this. Like, John Favreau's character is entertaining in this movie, but he's essentially Bobby Boucher, right? Yeah, cool. He's course, not yeah. smart, at all. but he's great at tackling, not good at understanding the rules, but he'll get you the ball. I think Henry Winkler and the water boy even said, Get me the ball, right. and then Gene Hackman says, "Get me the ball." Get me the ball. It's the same. It is the same. So, all right, <laughs> it's like an amalgamation of your favorite football. Hey, movies. amalgamation. That's a that's a good. Uh, that that was a good Marvel slash DC set in the, in the mid nineties. Oh, where they 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 amalgamized characters. Uh, really? Yeah, Dark Claw, half Wolverine, half Batman. Whoa, I didn't even know that. The hyena, half saber tooth, half Joker. I didn't even know these were things. These are things. They wow. exist. Stanley worked on the was set. Was it popular? It was. Seems like it should be. Yes, it was. Uh, it, it was. Very, but anyways, that's neither here nor there as we talk about the replacements. Uh, for the the, where the shortcomings of the log line, the, the cast was just made up of a who's who of, of like late 90s, early 2000s, right? Yeah, no. Okay, so it had Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves at the time, he was huge. Sure. Had Gene Hackman. He was still a big deal. Mm-hmm. Had John Favreau. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was still kind of rolling off of uh, Swingers fame, and I think this is pretty close to the time that they did Made. And it had Orlando Jones. Yes. Who, Orlando Jones, I think a year or so after this, did Evolution. But Funny at, movie, by the way. Yeah. yeah. At the time... Best known as the Make 7-Up Yours campaign, which if you're not familiar, that ad campaign was huge. Like Everybody knew who Orlando Jones was because of that. The one I was curious about was Brooke Langton, and I even had to look her up because she's very pretty. She has a very important role. In that, well, she plays a big part in this movie. I don't know how important her role actually is, but <laughs> she's a she's one of the leads in this movie. I don't remember her at all. Melrose Place, and I think she right? was in Swingers. Was she in Swingers? Yeah, but I I don't I don't remember her from Melrose Place, and I don't really remember her from anything else after this. Yeah, she was definitely in Melrose Place, but uh, that's not a show that I watched either. Sure, it uh, wasn't. No, it wasn't. I was more of a nine hundred two one zero guy. So okay, uh, I mean, you could like both. I, I didn't though. I, I just really didn't. So, but this this is a whole. Oh, she was in Friday Night Lights. Sorry, I'm, I'm okay. looking at her IMDb. I remember that in Friday Night Lights, she's obviously surrounded by football again. Mm-hmm. But this time, she plays a little older gal, and she's worried. And she eventually hooks up with a high school kid. Seems very questionable. Oh, that's uh, kind of the. She kind likes of the, broken high school football yeah. or broken football players and replacing <laughs> player a high school player. Also of note here, this was Jack Warden's last film. Uh, Jack Warden played the owner of the team. He was uh, uh, he's like kind of everybody's grandpa, right? Yes. <laughs> so this was also his last film. So uh, just just a who's who of of like I said, late nineties, early two thousands. Phazion loves in this. Yes, Phazion. Uh, um. Orlando Jones, who went on to uh, you, you mentioned him earlier, but uh, from Mad TV, he was also on Mad TV for a, uh, for a period of time. So, 
It was guys that I always say this name wrong. I'm sure uh, Reese Efons, who plays the kicker, was in uh-huh. it. Yeah. And then I would be remiss if I didn't point out. And actually, this brought a good deal of enjoyability to me. Pat Summerall and John Madden yes. play huge roles in this movie. Like they're not just there for one game; they're there a lot. Right, they are. Uh, how do they get to call every replacement game is beyond me. But <laughs> Washington is their marquee team. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Even though, which makes no sense because they like. Pat Summerall and John Men are clearly the A team for whatever network they're with. Right. They point out in the movie that Washington hasn't won hasn't been to the playoffs in seven years. Right. So how Washington would be on the A line of all these games, I don't really know. But I enjoyed it. I, I honestly did enjoy those two guys. Uh they were uh, a bit of comic relief in a movie that was full of comic relief. So, and they even like John uh, John Madden poked fun at himself yep. with what he does with the telestrator yep. and everything. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I did. One other guy I want to point out here is David Denman, who is uh, he plays the he plays the tight end who is deaf. That's who, Roy. Yeah, it's Roy from the Office. He goes on to play Roy in the Office. So. I thought that was him, but I wasn't positive until the very last game, and then I was like, that is Roy. That is Roy. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Reese Ifmans. Uh, Ifmans. How did I say it right? I, I, I say know. I always say his name wrong, so whatever I, you go with. I loved him in uh, a sweetheart of a movie, Notting Hill, that he is in. Yes, and he is great in that movie. He is, he is so great in that. But, uh, yeah, and then Art LaFleur is in it, too, who is, you know, he's a character actor that you've probably seen in a lot of different stuff. And just so people don't think I always hate on love, I... I own Notting Hill, Do you? and there was a time where I was like, maybe I need to get rid of this, and I watched it again, and I was like, oh, no, this movie's great. I'm definitely keeping it. It's, so, not, it's not as good as Love Actually, but it is pretty good. Love Actually is great. Love Actually is an amazing film. Okay, uh, now let's, we talked about the star part. Let's talk about the box office, because this one's intriguing. Uh, do you have a guess? I'm going to say, do you, can, I, can I know the budget? The budget was $50 million. Ooh, crap. I was going to guess $50 million. Uh, I'm going to guess... 62 million. There's a lot of big people in it, and it's about football, and I feel like it should work. Oh, man. Did it fail? It did. Oh, uh, opening no. weekend. It, I saw it in the theater. Did you? Yes. I did. Uh, opening weekend, 11 point. Eleven million dollars $39,214 on opening weekend. Uh, gross worldwide in November of, two, of 2000, 44.7 million, million. We'll go with that. So it was right there oh, on the edge. But it didn't make back. And that's trouble, by the way. You need to make at least twice as much as your budget right. to come out as profitable because you don't get all that money. Exactly. Half of it goes to the theater. That's surprising. Did you say it came out in like October or November then? Well, uh, yeah. So it was uh, November 2000. Okay. Well, at least then we'll point out. It came out in August. So it came out at the right time. See, and, and that's what we talked about. That was problematic with Leatherheads because when they released it, it made no sense. This is the perfect time. August is the perfect time because people are like frothing at the mouth for football. For football. We talked about that with yeah. the Hall of Fame game. That seems like the perfect time to release it. It seems like it's got a good amount of people in it. Sure. I have to admit, I'm a little surprised. They did it. Well, you know what? They You've, you've been laying out the playbook over two seasons of props now about how to do this. And finally, we got to a film that did it correctly. Yeah, and it it didn't work. I mean, it's not foolproof. I'll be curi- I'm always curious. Like, are you, and I know we'll get to this later, are you a critic person? Like, do you put stock in what the critics say? Because I get made fun of a lot on the show, KNC, yeah, 7 yeah. to 11 weekdays on the fan, <laughs> uh, for being kind of a slave to the critics at times because there's sure. a lot of entertainment options out there. You want to make sure you choose wisely. And a lot of times I give deference to the critics. And I'll be curious if like this got slammed critically and that negatively impacted the box office sure. or if it just didn't work for whatever reason. Uh, to answer your question directly, I'm, a, I'm like a half and half guy. Okay, There, there are movies that I would never see outside of a critic review. You know? Okay, and yeah, so, yeah. And, and then, uh, like, you know, at, at the Oscars every year, there's, there's stuff there that I've just, I'm just not going to see. All right? Man, and I'm telling you right now, I got I got one for you. It's going to be huge in the Oscars. Oh, yeah? It's uh, First Man. Okay, yeah. You see, Saw I'm, it I'm over the, the weekend. Yeah. You should skip it. It yeah. is incredibly boring. I think it's going to be up for a lot of Oscars, especially <laughs> technical Oscars. Sure. Oh, my God, it's boring. Yeah, so that's a movie that I, I just probably wouldn't I just wouldn't go see. And it's now like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't get it. I don't get it. So but there are some things like uh one that comes to mind completely like totally different subject was the help. 
I think I thought The Help was a beautiful movie, and I watched it because it was critically acclaimed. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, otherwise, I would have never picked that up at all. You know, it's just can not see something that. that one of my most hated movies of all time is Master and Commander. I think oh, that's yeah. the most boring movie ever made. And yeah. it's like in the 80s on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. And sometimes I just don't get it. For, for the most part, I usually fall in line. But I think comedies you make an exception for because comedy is sure. like exceedingly objective or right. subjective. And so I don't know. I'm not, I honestly, I'm sitting here. I'm not sure why it didn't work at the box office. Yeah. You know, especially during that time frame, you know, almost 20 years ago now. This was something that would have worked at the box office just because of who was in it and the subject matter. And Do you think a different female lead could have played a part? Because, like, I, the female lead was a, essentially, yeah. sorry, Brooke, a nobody yeah. in terms of, like, Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves. Sure. I mean, I mean, who do you pair with? Like, maybe you, you say that, and the first person that came to mind was Sandra Bullock. Who he had good chemistry with in speed. Oh yeah. So love potion. No, that was a different person. So it could have it could have worked out well. Also, I will be totally honest with you. I'm not a huge Keanu Reeves fan at all. Whoa. Except for like in recent years, he's made really like I like I like the John Wick films and uh, some of his newer stuff. I like that kind of stuff. But excited they're gonna make. Bill and Ted Three. It's finally gonna happen. Uh, I'm yeah. We've talked about this a couple times. You're I'm, a hater. I, I'm I'm kind of excited about it actually. Just, Even though you hate on the second one, just because my my son has recently watched them, so he's excited. And so I. Do think you go back and watch Bogus Journey and yeah. realize it's better than you thought? Uh, maybe. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so the third one, yeah, it, it does look. It looks. Keanu Reeves to me though. Then he was just this kind of like home home guy, and the, okay. this is on the end of the Matrix, right? Right before the Matrix. No, this was been the year after the Matrix. Yeah, after Matrix. Matrix was ninety nine. So I was starting. That even surprises me more. Even more that he was in this. Huh? No, yeah, no, it surprises me that this wasn't a bigger hit. I oh. guess because it's it like so genre yeah, different. Very... Maybe that's why. And I think another problem with this film is it it follows that sports film cliche book playbook to to a T. Absolutely to a T. And I'm not going to argue with you there. <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to get past that. But let's talk about we'll get to that in a minute. You said you were you saw this in the theaters. Where were you? I did. I and this would have been when I came back home. Um, and so I was going to try to finish school, but instead I just worked. And so okay. this is when I was like, because I'd started working at Blockbuster. Hey, throwback. Uh, and so this is when I was very movie centric. And so, yeah, I, I went out to go see it and I remember thinking it was okay, but not great. And that's probably still my takeaway is it's okay. It's not great. Like sure. I, I like I said, I think it's a fun movie, but it's like if you go your whole <laughs> life without seeing it, you'll be fine and you probably won't miss out on much. And that's why I thought I wanted to get Corey here because he loves this he loves movie, movie, but yeah. he ain't here. So uh, you, you've mentioned Blockbuster a couple of times in, in these uh, episodes and I've been wanting to, I've been meaning to ask you this. Sure. Um, when it came to what was playing in Blockbuster, did you guys just put on what you wanted to see, or was there like a list that you had to follow? Oh, well, first of all, company policy says you always need to have that trailer tape playing. Okay. So if you were ever in a spot and it wasn't like a holiday and they were showing a movie, that was against company policy. Okay. And so let me tell you something about the agitation of the trailer tape, all right? Okay. You get two trailer tapes every month. The trailer tapes are an hour and a half long, all right? So that means they play twice in the span of three hours. Your shift is about eight to nine hours, probably eight, but we'll just say nine for the purposes of math. That means every single day you see both of those trailer tapes three times. And if you're working 20 to 22 days per week, that means I've seen those trailer tapes 60 to 65 times over the span of a year and you don't get how unreasonably excited you are when the new trailer tape comes in because you're like thank god i don't have to see this <laughs> and i almost got into an argument with somebody about it once until my brain was like you're an employee you need to stop is somebody rented oh brother where art thou and okay. they were like can you believe the george clooney and them sang all those songs and i was like yeah it wasn't them but it's still pretty cool it's an awesome <laughs> movie and he goes no it was them trust me and i was like Thinking to myself, trust me, it's not. There's a whole feature on one of these trailer tapes about how they didn't sing it that I've seen 65 times That's this funny. month. <laughs> but then my brain was like, 
customers always right, customers always right. And I was like, it's a great movie either way, which I do really like that movie. So it was easy for me to say that sure. and just move on. Sure. But you know how sometimes I get drawn into conversations because I have this weird incessant need to be right. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, like my ex-wife. Okay, speaking of my Whoa! ex-wife. Uh, my ex-wife was uh, exactly the reason I saw this movie. She was a huge Keanu Reeves fan, and I did not see this in the theater. This was a this was a DVD rental. Okay. Uh, but it was something that she wanted to see, so I got sucked into did it. Did she enjoy it? I don't care or no. Wow. <laughs> but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. I did go to Twitter, though. I went to the Twitter, and I asked the, uh, the loyal followers of the Fat Packs, hey, what do you remember about this movie? And uh, we got chicks dig scars. That's got to be <laughs> one of the top. I mean, that's a pretty iconic quote. Uh, let's see the dingo dude. My friend Donnie. He says the replacements is, is totally quotable. Both Orlando Jones and Brooke Langton give underrated performances. Keanu is well. Keanu. That's not necessarily a bad thing. This is just, this is my favorite football flick. So he loves this movie. Uh, uh, Josh Mo- Josh Maloney says, "I read Blitz. That was a good. That was a good line where he's he's arguing back and forth with Hackman. Uh, Nathan, our friend down there down there in Austin, Texas, he remembers hot cheerleaders. Who and who doesn't? Because they were all they strippers. Hired strippers. Yeah, they were yeah. all strippers. Uh, my friend Ken Kinsley says, I can't I can't hear I will survive or the word wiry without thinking of this movie. Wiry, wiry, and uh, <laughs> Kevin Harris here uh, posts the gif of." Uh, Falco hitting that linebacker in the head with the football after he <laughs> let him through. And then it remarkably comes down to the offensive lineman who then makes yes. a run for the, sure, why not? <laughs> he said, that play's not in the, the book. Maybe we right. put it in. And then uh, Shelby uh, says, hard-boiled eggs. I would have assumed way more people would have gone to that final speech with Keanu Reeves when he says, like, chicks dig scars. Yeah. Um, which I, I did like. I could see the I Will Survive where they break out in the in the prison yeah. dance was, sequence. Yeah. I could see that. And in the end zone later in the film. That's right. Just, that's right. That's Very graphic death scene there where Orlando Jones, I, I believe, yeah. shoots everyone and then shoots himself <laughs> with the football. I was like, whoa. That's funny. That's very funny. That was a, uh, <laughs> a graphic death scene. So let's talk about the uh, the you, you mentioned it earlier. So I think I know where you're going to go. This is pretty much necessary roughness. And when we talk about how believable these athletic scenes are, they were set up to look horrible. So I think they did a good job. I yeah. And the the one thing that's different about this movie than some of the movies that we've talked about are the stakes are a little different. That is one thing that's a little different from Necessary Roughness. Like, Necessary Roughness, they're just trying to get better and sure. not be the worst team in college football. In this one, I do appreciate that they set out at the very beginning, the team needs to win three of these four games to make, to make the, make playoffs. the playoffs. And right. So they, they let you know. And so it is kind of Mighty Ducks-esque in terms of, like, you have to make that run at the final play... Uh, at the final playoff spot, but they, you know, it's smart the way they do it with, they did with necessary roughness. They did it with the mighty ducks is they let you know that this team sucks. And so when you see perhaps subpar football action at times, you're like, well, you know, they're not supposed to be good. So it kind of fits. It's, um, what I, what I like to write about this and you made, you made reference to it is there's no huge payoff. There's the, they, they're going to get, they're going to play these four games and that's it. Yep. So, uh, there's no championship that the team is going to come back and win. There's none of that. There's, it's you know going in that this, this is four games and that's it. And if you need another, if you need another movie to compare that to, well, let's go to a different sports movie in a different sport, Major League, where the whole key is they are trying to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and then they do, and then the movie's over, right. which is weird. <laughs> and you know, like in uh, Necessary Roughness, they have their de facto championship game. Sure. In the Bad News Bears, they have the actual championship game. In the Mighty Ducks, they have the actual championship game. But in this one in major league the whole key is we want to make the playoffs and then the movie's over which is weird that doesn't seem like how it should end but you know yeah that doesn't it's a little it's a little unfinished but it is because especially like you saw how craptastical the regular quarterback was (laughs) with the replacement players but am am i to believe that now when his regular team comes back they're gonna win the team that hasn't made the playoffs in seven years but somehow he has two super bowls from where did he just come into the team i don't know uh and so then the other thing about believable football action this drove me insane 
is when they do the onside kick and I think the next to last game, mm-hmm. they do an onside kick, it gets recovered, and the dude just keeps running around and right. running around, and eventually Falco has to drop him. Yes. And then he runs up to the ref and calls a timeout. Why? Yeah. No, no, he was laying on the ground when he called a timeout. Yeah, why? Uh, that's why. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was after a kickoff. Exactly. The clock goes dead. dead. You just wasted one of your timeouts. Now they're dumb. That's hey. true. I didn't catch that. Sounds That's like maybe true. you could be part of a different football team around here if we're going to have poor <laughs> clock management in the hey, last two minutes. You're not saying the Cowboys have poor clock Yes, management. I am. Oh, they, they, they My do. God. They do. Hey, before, before we go on about the movie, did they get screwed yesterday on that on – that, uh, what was that call that they? Oh, the, the yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say that they got screwed because, like, if that was the only reason mm-hmm. that they lost, sure. But when you have the ball at about the 40 with yeah. 50 seconds left and a timeout, and you only run two more plays and advance the ball eight yards, that's right. your own fault. That's your own fault because you didn't play for the win. Because that's, that's right. what Jason Garrett does. He doesn't play for the win. He doesn't. And they were playing Washington, which. Is the team that we're playing here. Which is interesting, here? and that's part of the climactic game yeah, is it's Washington, Washington against Dallas. Dallas. That's right. Uh, and once again, Washington won. Yeah, once again, it Washington hurts. won. It hurts all over. It hurts. All over again. So did you have a did you have a favorite scene in this movie that uh, – I mean, we've mentioned a few here, but did you have a favorite scene that like, – maybe one that stood out to you? Um, I did uh, – I – I'm like a big fan at times of musicals, so I'm not going to lie. I got a kick out of the start and the finish of the prison dance scene because that's absolutely something that I would do with my son in terms of turning song lyrics into just something you would say casually. Of course. So like, and see how it builds from there. And so I would absolutely pick him up and be like, well, you know, at first I was afraid and he would be like, I was petrified. <laughs> and so I, I got a I got a kick out of that. It's like completely absurd. Sure. But it was fun. And that's what I think like nobody's going to the replacements looking for something that's gonna be life changing. Right. Like, you're just looking for something fun. Sure. And I thought that was fun. Uh mine was the uh the second time that the 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 f- the real football players went to turn over uh Falco's co- uh truck. Oh yeah, and, f- and Faison and company and, show and they up. They show up and <laughs> He, he shoots out he, his car. He shoots his car. It's beautiful. The first time around, it's funny because he shoots the windshield, and then he calls him a bitch. So he says, oh, I'm a bitch. Oh, I'm a bitch." And then he just goes, and he shoots out the passenger side window of his car, so the quarterback makes him flip the truck back over. It's a bold statement to curse out somebody who just shot up your car. Exactly. I feel like I would just shut up and be like... <laughs> the, the immediate, uh, the immediately, f- the immediate following scene is so. If you have any firearms, I'm going to turn them over. No questions asked. That kind of hey, thing. That very much speaks to the modern NFL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so great. Okay, man. Uh, th- there's the love scene, the love story that we've we've bounced around here, and this is a this is a common place on the props podcast. So uh, give it to me. Why why does this not work? It doesn't work because they sell out Brooke Langton's character so freaking hard, man. She looks like such a chump in this movie because, first of all, also, why did she have to hire all new cheerleaders? Was that explained? That's a little weird, isn't it? Did all the cheerleaders go on strike, too? (laughs) She said they make $50 a game. Why do they have to go on strike, and why does she stick around? Is she a replacement cheerleader? I have lots of questions about this. But, uh, yeah, that's not really explored in the movie. (laughs) But... So they they do all these things to set her up as, like, this strong, powerful woman. She runs her own business. She runs the cheerleading squad. She does this and that. And she tells Keanu Reeves at the very beginning that she doesn't date football football players. players. But then what do you know? She sees him do something on the football field and decides that's who he is as a person, which I always think is a flawed sense of logic. Mm -hmm. And then she just totally gives in, and then they hook up. And then he blows her off for a date the day that he finds out he doesn't get to play football anymore. Right. Sounds a little selfish to me. And what does she do? Well, once he wins the game, boom, they're back together. It's all over again. Like, I mean, I get it. Like I said, you're not looking for anything to change the world, but they set her up as being a strong character, and they sell her out as just being there for the man really hard. Is it is it problematic that she can read defenses better than he can? Yeah, it is <laughs> it, it is problematic, but I mean they tried to explain that at one point in the bar 
when she said like she'd been plopped down there on the bar stool since she was five, irresponsible parent. Yeah, that's great parent. Uh, and had been watching football ever since. And, you know, I felt again like they were trying to give her character something. They're like, look, it's a girl that knows a lot about football, which right. feels a bit condescending, but still. And then they'll sell her out, though. But really, at the end of it, she's a cheerleader who wants to be with the quarterback when he plays well. That's yep. what they did to her. Exactly. Disappointing. Disappointing. She also has the inside scoop on the Detroit uh, yeah, Detroit that's Press. right. Because they're they're gonna <laughs> some of their guys are gonna cross the picket line. Nobody else knows that, but she knows that. So I want to go back and take a look at at 1987 uh, because this this movie loosely is based on the 87 football sure. strike. Um, and There's an awesome thirty for thirty about that. There, there is. Um, we should probably look at that at some time. Uh, so. We're both about the same age. You, yep. pro- you probably don't remember the 87 football strike. I don't. So, and, and I don't have a, a huge memory of it, but I do remember seeing like the, the prospect of scabs. And yep. uh, they, did, they did that really well in this film. For what it is, they, they, took, they took what 1987 did with the NFL football strike and they, they put it into film, although cheesy at times. They did it well, and they they did it justice. I think. I thought the most effective one was the very beginning when they're all excited, rolling up on the team yes, bus, exactly. With, yeah. and people are throwing things at the bus and picketing. Because if you've seen the thirty for thirty year of the scab, which again is fantastic, um, they show those yeah. protests. They show people, you know, threatening violence and the flipping over of the car. Mm-hmm. That's totally something that would happen. Exactly. It was. It really. It, it re- that really is a good parallel. Then they just have more fun with it but exactly which also led to another like perplexing subplot but you're right i i I did enjoy that aspect of it and show some of the challenges and you get it from the regular quarterback when he comes into the locker room to replace falco before the dallas game and he's like you know it's really unfair what they do to you guys they prop you up to make Mm -hmm. you feel better than you you actually are. are and i mean and He's not wrong about that because right. look what happened with the Redskins. They're replacement players who did get them into the playoffs and don't think it's a coincidence they picked Washington for this and they did win the Super Bowl that year yeah. is they didn't get a Super Bowl ring until last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that like so it took 30 years for them to get any recognition and that team doesn't make the playoffs and they don't win the Super Bowl without them but it took 30 years so He's not wrong about that. That's true. But I was going to say, one other really dumb subplot is mm-hmm. the subplot with the kicker, where all, all of the a sudden... Gambling. Yeah, and that like came out of nowhere. They showed like a bar where the guys are like, oh, we're going to have to teach him a mm-hmm. lesson. But that's not explored at all until the yeah, very last yeah. game, and he's like, I have to miss this kick, and so... yeah. Falco has to take things into his own hands. hands. And then there's the dreaded offensive line penalty, which, again, you see a lot in the Cowboys game on Sunday. So uh, I wanted to bring this up. This is the second movie that uh, Keanu Reeves plays a quarterback in, Uh, the first being Johnny Utah in uh, Point Break, break, which we don't see him play football in that, but – he is one hell of a surfer and one hell of a detective. So he is. Uh, if you had to compare, if you had to compare Johnny Utah to Shane Falco, who do you think? Who do you think is the better quarterback? I'm going to go Johnny Utah. You go Johnny because Utah? Johnny Utah showed variety in terms of football, surfing, and bank robbing. Yes. Whereas Keanu Reeves here is adept at cleaning stuff at the bottom of boats in yes. football. Don't feel like that's as impressive. A necessary skill, no doubt, yeah. but not quite as impressive. Although they did show him throw a football underwater, which was neat. I want to know whose boat, whose whose stuff was he cleaning at that point in time? Because that that's a Shane Falco trophy. Yeah. So did did he get in a drunken rage, throw that out of the boat one? Uh, I feel like he did, and and he found it down there, and he recognized it, and he. Took his mask off and, and threw a touchdown underwater to a merman, I guess. And sure, which that's how you cope with things. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I don't really know that part. Can we talk about the lack of a mask? Because he's just talking and breathing and yelling down there, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I have to breathe, and I need to get to the surface." Well, perhaps I've <laughs> underrated Shane Falco then versus Johnny Utah because <laughs> if he can breathe water, then that's a whole different ball game. That, that here. is a whole different ball. It, that might have worked out for Johnny Utah, who was surfing. That's true. Use, Man, that's true. That. Mm. All right. Let's move on to movie memorabilia. 
there is plenty of it here because, as I was saying, um, it was this was a two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry, a two thousand film, and uh, there's you just started getting into collectibility. Card wise, we're coming out of the junk era, not ninety seven that ends, and we're getting into stuff that is is more rare, and and, and the print runs aren't as high. Right. Uh, there is a, a a small promotional set that uh, came along uh, in lobbies for this. Hotel, oh, I'm sorry, movie lobbies that came along with oh. us. So they're tough to find. I if was going to say, I would be fascinated by the, the subculture of collecting card sets that were only available in the theaters. Uh, it is, it's something you should really look into them. Uh, lobby card collecting is a massive industry and a massive sub. Oh, not sub-portion. so, not a subculture. Yeah, maybe. It, wow. well, it, it is a subculture because they're really hard to find, but like usually the cards are oversized. They're probably like a five by seven or yeah. something like that. But if you can. If you can find a movie with lobby cards, it's it's where pick it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely pick them up. Uh, Cinemark did them recently with Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, so uh, they're out there still. Okay. But some of the some of the earlier, and I know you're a fil- you're a fan of older films. I am. So some of those 1930s and 40s and 50s lobby cards. Oh are, man, are amazing. Oh, they're I absolutely bet. amazing. Um, I did I did a lot of I did some research. Uh, found. Plenty of stuff for you to find. You can get a you can get a Shane Falco replacement jersey on eBay right now uh, for like thirty bucks. Man, that sounds like a, <laughs> so, sounds like a Corey Christmas present, right? right there. <laughs> they have the home and the away. Um, also, there was uh, the replacements movie props. They have programs, uh, cups, and things like that from the stadium. Okay, they have all that out there. Um, one thing that I did want to mention here is I went I went checked out your props, which is come it's coming a, a nice little resource here for this show. There is a guy out there who has um, a few screen used jerseys, but he's got a helmet from every team that played in the film as well. Really? So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, Washington, San Diego Stallions, the Phoenix Scorpions, the Miami Barracuda, uh, the Detroit Ironmen, and the Dallas Ropers. Because you can't use the real names. No, you can't. <laughs> you just can't. Except for the show Ballers, which totally can, even though. I heard that they're not supposed to, but they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, but you may you may make a good point here. You can't use the real names, but then you hear the the quarterback say, "I have two Super Bowl rings." Yeah, that is weird because they really guard Super Bowl. Okay, here's exactly. a here's a fun fact for you. If you ever hear an advertisement around the Super Bowl and you wonder why they say the, the big, big game, game, it's because they did not license out with the NFL. And so we joke about that a lot on the show. And Corey will be like, "Oh yeah, we got the big game coming up on Sunday." I was like, "No, you don't have to say the big game because we're just doing a regular segment." He's like, "I'm pretty sure you do." And I was like, "No, <laughs> that's only at advertisements where you have." to say the big game and that's the same thing like if we're doing certain events you'll mm-hmm. have to be like hey come see your favorite football team from dallas play as opposed to the dallas cowboys uh, which is absurd but that's the way it goes that that's you know what i heard a you guys are were doing a, a giveaway an autographed football giveaway last year uh the fan was and it was a, a, an autographed football by your favorite players from the from from Dallas. Exactly, yeah, and was, that's why is because there are certain restrictions on when you're allowed to name drop the teams in okay. terms of your contests or advertisements. That's like Panini having a license with only the MLBPA and not the MLB. So uh, all their all their baseball cards say, you know. Uh, I'll pick somebody I know you hate. Nolan Ryan, Texas. I don't hate <laughs> Nolan Ryan. I uh, just think he's overrated. <laughs> that's okay, because he is. Uh, so what? a couple of pieces here from Brooke. Uh, she can, you can find them on um, HollywoodMemorabilia.com. She's got a couple of autograph pieces, uh, one from The Replacements and one from Melrose Place. Very inexpensive, only f- only f- about 50 bucks. That doesn't really surprise me, because like I said, I don't particularly recall much of anything yeah. that she did she looks very uh she's looking very uh provocative in these photos oh my so there's that uh also if you go to lids you can go to lids right if you don't want to pay the the 36 on ebay you can go to lids and get an actual stitched jersey for 56 dollars. oh okay and they have the shane falco and the uh, and the nigel one as well so. it's just a shame that this movie wasn't a bigger hit than i yeah. wonder what the market is for some of these things they're, but they're, they sound cool yeah they're pretty affordable you know so uh also the they have a bateman jersey 
if you want if you want a John if you're a big John Favreau John fan, Favreau yeah definitely pick up that Bateman jersey uh, this is just a he's a fun character in the movie like he I is. said he's a ripoff of Bobby Boucher but completely. he's still fun completely so looking at, knowing that all this is out there. What are, what are three things you would like to have for this? Okay, so I have three very different memorabilia things. Okay. And first of all is one I'm going to make up, but I do believe it's going to exist. All right. Is I want the playoff ring that uh. it's going to take 30 years for the replacement players to get because they made it to the playoffs. Okay. So I'm going to assume that eventually the Washington not Redskins will do the right thing and they will make a playoff, potentially Super Bowl, but probably not because their quarterback's a jerk. That's a Dan Snyder move. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I want the ring that the replacement players would have got for getting them into the playoffs for the first time in seven years. The second thing I want, and I really want this, I know it's preposterous and there's no way they would have it, is the giant chunk of turf that is stuck in Keanu Reeves' face, face mask yeah. when he's trying to call a play and realizes no one can <laughs> understand him because he's still got the dirt and he, the, the turf and he gets mad and he throws it on the ground. I want that piece of turf. And then finally, most importantly, I want Gene Hackman's hat because he's rocking that like yeah. barbershop quartet hat yeah. for most of the film. I want that hat. All right. Those are three good things. I, I like that hat. That's that's a nice little adage. Uh, since we're going to the things that were are referenced, they're not necessarily in the film, but they're referenced. I'm going to need that Shane Falco Ohio State jersey because he blew the Sugar Bowl in it, and I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to keep that. Hey, that's a good theme for Ohio State <laughs> as of late, since they could just get their doors kicked in by Purdue. Did they? They lost this weekend. They lost I, by like. 29 points? I, I believe not. it was 49 to 20. They got hammered by Purdue that was 3 and 3 coming into this game. Mercy. I did not know that so they the lost. So the garbage human being that is Urban Meyer yes. gets to suffer that. Suffer that Urban. Uh, urban. Uh, all right, so I'm going to need that Ohio State jersey. I'm also going to need as always I'm going to need a ticket from that last game that that the that, Dallas game. The yeah. Dallas game that they're not going to they're going to win, but it doesn't matter cuz the, the 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 lockout is over tomorrow. That's right. So I'm going to need that. And then, although I, w- I just want to say real quick, why do the replacement players? Why? Why is the assumption that they don't get to stick around? They were losing seventeen to nothing mm-hmm. to the real not Dallas Cowboys, right. and then the replacement players outscored them twenty to nothing in the second half. Why would you not keep using that team that is clearly on a roll? But they're not gonna. Yeah, because their owner's kind of a DB, and he, he is. Yeah, he doesn't. You can tell by the way he 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 just openly accepted the quarterback back into oh, his yeah. locker room. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, and so you took the hat, which was I was gonna take. So good job on you. I'm gonna need uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need that ball that the uh, sumo wrestler scored with. Okay. <laughs> the the other one that popped into mind is the one that's covered in stickum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. they cheat to get the touchdown and the Complete. ref has to like rip the ball off of his hand. <laughs> no that and no flag is thrown. Yeah, nobody notices yeah. anything about that. <laughs> Complete little a little giants reference. Yes. As he's running down the field. <laughs> that's such an amazing scene. He gets it stuck to his jersey. Yeah. Yes, that's another <laughs> heavily borrowed from another movie. Heavily. Like I said, this is like a greatest hits of sports movie it collection. Really is. Um before we go on to uh the the reviews, or I'm sorry, the uh the ratings on this, I wanted to read some of the reviews. I pulled these up because I thought Corey was gonna be here today, which he's not, which I understand. Okay, I get it. But uh this is his favorite movie, you say. He loves this movie. Uh I gotta read some of these reviews because these are uh yeah. Uh the nudge <laughs> see a haphazard film about as half-assed sophisticated as the average beer commercial. Wow. <laughs> the replacements, as with just about everything else coming out of Hollywood, merely reconfigures the same predictable gross-out jokes, sentimental platitudes, and decorative sex that figures into half the screenplays in circulation. Uh, that is not an inaccurate review. At all. Uh, a field goal, not a touchdown. Okay. A soggy comedy. Plenty of red meat here, but also so much script rot that both ought to be recalled by the FDA. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> Average lighthearted entertainment to be queued up more than normal in the coming months for the potential NFL lockout and strike looming. That was in June of 2011. Oh. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I bet the players wish they would have done mm, that. Exactly. Uh, here's a couple of positive ones. 
There isn't a football cliche that th- the replacements doesn't tackle, but it's all but it's all star cast and easygoing approach make it one of the more enjoyable recent sports comedies. I would probably downgrade it a little bit more than that, but I don't think that's terribly far off. Like I said, it breaks no gra- new ground, but it's enjoyable enough. Uh, lightweight but likable football story. That's what I think. Uh, the Replacements is a bad movie, but a likable one. And <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> football flick has a great lineup, but fumbles the ball. Oh. I love how they work in that, that football alliteration in the, there. The only thing about that, though, is it reminds me of those super terrible commercials that they make athletes do and they're like why don't you come down to yeah. chevrolet it'll be a touchdown a like touchdown. i hate when they shoehorn that into the commercial it makes me sad speaking of super time. terrible i hope i heard cole's Be- cole beasley's rap album today uh anyways Woo! So, <laughs> it's not the greatest take that beasley it's don't say that to him on twitter he'll no. get into a fight with yeah you. he doesn't like it when you, when you tell him the truth um okay as usual, every week we're going to go uh, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and we found this on Metacritic. So I can't believe this movie's on Metacritic <laughs> and Necessary Roughness is not. The Replacements, ni- oh, I'm sorry, 2000, The Replacements on IMDb is? Hmm, let's say 5.2. It is higher than a 5.2. IMDb is getting soft. It, it really is. Six? It's higher than a six. Shut up! <laughs> six and a half. That's too high. It is way too high. It's going to be film. course corrected. Rotten Tomatoes is going to course correct this. IMDb is getting soft. I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes 42%. 41%. Woo! Very close, sir. Man, I and I always put IMDb in the middle. They're getting soft here. 41%, 66% on the audience score. I see, and I get that. Like That makes sense to me that the audience score would be easier to digest. Sure. Metacritic, I'm going 30 you are on the nose, thirty percent on the nose. It is uh, not well reviewed here at all, as it should not be. Like I said, it's easy. It's it's a fun enough watch, but this is not a Metacritic movie. Like Metacritic no. has really high standards, and this does not seem like a movie that would fit into them. So, um, we we like to talk about the uh, the awards and nominations. Uh, this one has none. However, <laughs> on Metacritic. This was the this was the thirty ninth most shared show, most shared movie of okay. two thousand. So okay, it's huh. not it, it's somewhere in there. Right? Yeah, it's somewhere. That's a thing. And I want to give you one last review. Uh, yeah, it, it, this is a uh, user review number ten. <laughs> if you have an intelligent sense of humor, you will rate the replacements much better than Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite, however. If you are afraid of laughing, Napoleon Dynamite is the perfect movie for your sense of humor. The Replacements is written and casted better than most comedies composed. Let me expand this here. Oh, I'm not going to read it. Composed in the last 50 years. That is ridiculous. That review makes no sense to me either. Because didn't Napoleon Dynamite come out like, I don't know, like five years after that or something? Why are those two movies being compared? They're not even about the same thing. Yeah, this is. I think the guy just doesn't like uh, doesn't like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite came out in two thousand four. So these movies came out four years apart. They're not the same at all. They're not geared towards the same demographic. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, they're both comedies, but why are those two being compared? It's really weird. I really want to start doing that. Movie reviews yeah. that have nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with anything other. else, like. I, you know, I reviewed First Man. If you're looking for a movie more exciting than First Man, go see the reboot of Halloween. Like, let's just really throw weird things out there. Let's do that. And the worst, this one, this guy gave it a zero. That's the worst much. movie of the new millennium. That wow. was his only review. I mean, it was only November at that point. So, worst movie of the year. Yeah, so. It still seems harsh. This is a, I found it interesting that these movies that we pick, uh, they're they're pretty much in that six to seven range. I don't think we've picked one that's been a ten yet, and maybe a nine. Uh, I I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, and I don't think the rest of the lineup's gonna. Yeah, so which is why we're gonna love to tell you that next week we're gonna review the last Boy Scout. Man, <laughs> that movie needs to be. That movie needs to be high. That's okay. If you loved our review of Sudden Death. 
check out Last Boy yes. Scout because it's essentially sudden death for football. It, it's yes, it is. Uh, and this one has a little bit of a plot as well as gaming will come into the uh, sports gaming, not betting, not not your uh, not your Magic the Gathering sure. and stuff like that. Excelsior, <laughs> Excelsior. So. Uh, Nice King of the Hill reference. Uh, <laughs> Love that show. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about it because this is a, is a, it's a horrible movie, and I know it's a bad movie going in, but I, I just remember how great how great of a horrible movie it was. Sudden Death's a horrible movie. I had a lot of fun watching that. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. As for The Replacements, I mean, I'm sure you figured it out by now. It ain't a classic. Nope. But it borrows from a lot of classics, yes. so maybe you could get tricked into thinking it's a classic, especially yeah. when they fire up uh, "We Can Be Heroes." But uh, <laughs> oh, oh. it's just—it's not. But like I said, if you're looking for two hours to pass the time and you love you some football, and or you love you some Keanu Reeves or Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. I think you could do worse. There are worse movies out there. I did not—I didn't care for it. But it sounds like I liked it more than you did. Yeah, you it's, definitely did. Uh, it's. It's not. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Nope. I, I by far. Nope. Uh, better than Leatherheads. It's, it's better than Leatherheads. There yeah, you go. I'll, I'll give you that. It, but however, it, it, it was very cliche for me. It was just. It That's was just fair. followed the. It followed the playbook where I loved. Where I loved uh, Necessary Roughness. This just kind of fell short. I mean, it count, I mean, Necessary Roughness came out. In, I want to say ninety one. Ninety one. So, right. Yeah. Here you are, nine years later, which kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. maybe all these co- this this could be they should have called this Necessary Roughness two. Right. And this could have been all the kids from the college, right. and they would have been about the right age to right. be replacement players. So there you go. And Jason Bateman still can't catch, and you know just <laughs> stuff like that. Sure. Okay. I realized something on the way home last week after recording this. I think I'm saying it wrong. When I close the show, I say that's a wrap cut. Is it not the other way around? Do they not cut first and, and then, then that's a wrap? wrap? Yeah. I think I'm wrong. We have to re-record every one of these podcasts. Yes, now? we're gonna start right now. Oh man. <laughs> All right, Brandon, I'm gonna be late to pick you up from school. <laughs> so I'm gonna get it right this time. Okay. And going and into perpetuity, I'll have it right. Okay. Okay. Cut. That's a wrap.